0: All right. Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? Good. It's Psalm Sunday. Uh, yeah, Van is with COVID. Yeah, they're together for a while. They'll break up, but at the moment, they're together. Um, so so I'm, I'm the fill-in. So let's uh, open our Bibles to Psalms 119. We're just going to continue on where van had left us so we are up to the fourth stanza in the psalm and just as a reminder i think you guys uh got this but uh you know this psalm is broken down into stanzas of eight verses each every stanza you'd see the, the 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 section begins with one of the the hebrew letters of the alphabet and then it just works its way all the way through that alphabet and if you were reading this in hebrew there's a really cool thing that the psalmist does. So in the, those first eight verses, it's Aleph is the letter, but then in the Hebrew uh, writing of the psalm, every verse itself begins with that letter as well. So it repeats. So, so it's a it's an alphabet acrostic is what that's called. And it does that all the way through the psalm. So, you know, then you get to Beth in the second eight verses. And so every, you know, word the beginning of every verse would begin with uh, that letter Beth. And then Same thing through. So we're up to the fourth one uh, now, which starts in verse 25, which is Daleth. And uh, I had an example of someone who just kind of rewrote it in English so we could see what it looked like. I didn't even put it in the PowerPoint, so you're not missing it. Nobody's missing it. But it is kind of cool, you know, the way that God works and puts so many layers into his word. And that is true all the way through this Psalm. but that's true all the way through his word. So there's a lot that's been going on. And I just want us to read, I'll read out loud. You guys follow along with me. We'll just read these eight verses first so they're fresh in our mind. And then we're gonna unpack some of what's going on here. So we're starting in verse 25 today. It says, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will, ru- I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. And... Uh, real quick once again let's ask the lord to help us as we do this god help us as we do this cuz you like we just said put so many layers into this word and there's a lot that we could take out of this there's a lot that could be said and there's probably too much that i already planned to say but lord connect your word to our hearts as we need it in jesus name amen you know i find i find this psalm to be to be interesting and and this you know this section in particular as you get started if you have you know a general familiarity with psalms 119 then you probably think you know this is uh, that it's that re- it's really long number one you probably know that and then you probably have the idea that this is where you know david is pouring out his heart for the word of god and in almost every verse in this psalm in some way the the word of god is mentioned and there's a lot of different words used to communicate that his statutes his precepts his law, his commandments, just sometimes it's just thy word, right? And so that comes over and over. And I think we generally would have an idea of this being a real kind of happy psalm and real encouraging psalm. It's the way to get God's heart, right? And, and it's gotten through his word. And, and maybe we have kind of that general church understanding, and there's nothing wrong with that understanding, but I want to point out that, that there's a lot of struggle in this psalm as well. If you haven't really looked into it and paid much attention, well, you don't have to go any farther than the first verse we read today, because David starts with, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. It's raw. It's real. It's hard. It's depressing, even. And it hurts, right? And so David, and, and, and he's up and down in this psalm all the way through, He's exalting the Lord and is exalting God's word. And as soon as he makes recognition of some of the the excellent things about God's nature and the excellent things about God's word, he turns right around and, and realizes his own despair, his own depravity, his own humanity, his own weakness, his own failures. And so while it is a lot about love for the word, it's also a lot about David's struggle to love the word. And I like that, because that's the reality for a lot of us. I like that David includes his own weaknesses, his own frailties, his own struggles. That he doesn't expect you to come and and look at him like he was different than you in some way. That he was some superhuman. Like, Like real men of God don't struggle. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. That's the pit of despair almost, right? And this is, you know, the start, this is um, a poetic way to express the depth of the impact of things that, that even to his soul, to what he understood to be his innermost being, the core of who he is, is that he is, he is struggling all the way down into who he is. And that's good to hear. Because There's probably days when you're sitting by yourself, nights when you're laying in your bed and you're thinking, man, how come I don't get it? How come it's not as easy for me as it seems to be for the others? Why do I struggle and no one else does? Listen, David did too. I just wanted to start with with putting that into perspective. It's also a, a very real and practical way for David to express the reality of man his soul, which was in him, was, as was he was alive, literally stuck to dust. As it was bound to this body that God had given him, made of the dust of the earth. And he, and, and this is the thing that we all struggle with too. We are literally bound to dust still, right? Our soul is redeemed. Yeah, and, and a lot that we could talk about. Circumcision without hands. Yeah, cut away. But look, I'm stuck in the dust. And I can't get away from it. And Paul wrestled with it too. In Romans chapter 7, he just lays out this, this same idea, the same wrestling. I have, I have this desire within my soul, and then I have this desire within my flesh, and I can't shake it. I can't get away from it. And it's a good reminder that I am stuck to the dust in the frailties of my flesh, in the weaknesses of my flesh, or even if you want to think about the, the best that my flesh has to offer will always be dust. We're stuck to it. You know, Psalm 44 and verse 25, you get a very similar idea. For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaveth unto the earth. And this idea comes up a lot throughout the Psalms of just the, the, the way that he struggled. Right, and so you and it continues, even into the, the next verse, uh, which is where we'll, we'll really start digging in he talks about he's declared his ways and and now and hurtest me and, and we'll talk about those ways here in just a second but. Uh, you can't see it, but I gave you a really simple way to break down this psalm. anyway, I just wanted to start with that reminder that, that we are dust we are weak we struggle listen your struggles not unique. Okay no matter what it is, your struggle is not unique. There is someone in this room, and if not in this room, then in the bigger body of this church that has shared your exact struggle. And there is somebody in this book who has shared your struggle. And the answers are there. If we would look for them. Simple way to break down the psalm, uh, you know, in the first five verses you see you get what the psalmist realized it's just him making declarations of some of the things that he's come to understand and then the last three verses of this psalm it's what the psalmist resolved he uh he just tells us um you know some of the things that uh, based on what i've realized here's what i'm going to take away from that here's what i'm resolving to do and uh and so that you can just put that down as, as a simple takeaway. We won't actually dive into that much at all. will just give you that. But here's what here's what David starts with, my soul cleaveth unto dust. And then on the backside of that, he says, quicken thou me according to thy word. And I'll just give you this, too, for, for your own fun. Um, number one, quicken thou me according to thy word. Listen, life only comes from the word of God. And. The struggle that you are facing, the answer to that only comes from the word of God. Whatever has got me down and dead and depressed and in despair, quicken thou me according to thy word. The word will bring you the answer. Uh, And so, so that is absolute truth that we can stand on. Quicken, though, is an interesting word. And I'll just give you this, and you can take it home and do what you want with it. It only appears 12 times in the Bible. Interesting number. 12 times in the Bible. 11 of those are in the Psalms. It's almost unique to the Psalms. Nine of those are in Psalms 119. This is the first of those appearances in in Psalms 119. It has already appeared in the Psalms, but in terms of 119, this is the first time it shows up. So, you know, 75% of the the appearances of that word in the entire Bible appear in this chapter. The the only one outside of Psalms is Romans 8.11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit, which dwelleth in you. There's the answer to David's prayer. It comes after the resurrection of Christ is that, by the way, one day too, your mortal bodies will be quickened. All right. So there's a lot there, but you can take that home with you Um, and you can work through that. Here's our key thought for today. Because in this next in the next section, I'll tell you what we really want to focus on today. Because there's always a lot you could choose to focus on, right? But uh, our key our key thought for today is simple, and it's this: living things move. All right. Uh, if you were to study science, Rosie homeschools our kids. They learned about the characteristics of living things recently. And there are certain characteristics that define all living things. And and one of them is that living things move. It's scientific. It's a fact that that runs true in in our natural world. But it's a fact that runs true in our spiritual life as well. It's important to remember that the way that God designed the physical is to be a, a type, an example of the real, the spiritual for us. So living things move. All right. Now, if you've been around a church, you've heard it said before you're never stagnant, you're moving forward or backward, but you're always moving, you're growing or you're backsliding, you're moving in some direction. And here's where I really want to set uh, our, our focus as we, as we look through this psalm. What you see next are five ways. I don't know if you noticed it when we just read through it real quick, but five ways show up in this psalm, and that's what we're going to put most of our time into are the five ways that show up in the psalm and all of us are moving in one of these ways or paths or maybe more than one of these ways or paths it's possible for us to be on you know multiple of these ways now ultimately of course the way when we're talking about our our salvation the most important way is jesus who said that i am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me But for us as believers, we've settled that way. We're going to see a lot of different things that that, uh, the psalmist is wrestling with and the ways that he's talking about here and how they apply to us. And so it comes real quick. Verse 26, I have declared my ways. And that's the first way that we need to talk about is my way. That's where David starts. He's said to the Lord, I'm declaring unto you my ways. So if you're taking notes, way number one is my way. Now, y'all are a smart bunch. I don't need to spend a lot of time explaining to you my ways, I bet. Because as I already said, your ways aren't too different than my ways. So we get it. But I'll give you a, a little insight. Proverbs 5.21, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord and he pondereth all his doings. So number one, start with this understanding. That God knows your ways. All your ways, right? And, and what David is doing here is kind of interesting because he gets that. He gets that God understands because uh, you know, he writes about that too. But David says, I'm declaring my ways to the Lord. So they're already not secret. So all David is doing is telling God something he already knows. And some of you go, well, that's a wasted breath. Like that's redundant. And then I'll remind you, wait, but you do it with your kids. (laughs) Right? Right? How many times do we tell our kids things they already know? So many times. But listen, listen, here's what I want to start with. We are wise to evaluate our ways and tell God what we see. In fact, here's our very first key point to take away. If we don't consider our way, then we cannot be in agreement with God. It is needful for us on a regular basis to stop and to consider our ways to examine our life. Look at these ways that we're going to look at now. Look at the other ways that God talks about in his word and consider how, how am I, where am I going? How am I thinking? How are my emotions? How are my actions? How are my interactions with my kids, with my wife, with my coworkers? We have all of these ways that we should take, take an evaluation of. Because God already knows, but we're good at deceiving ourselves. We're good at convincing ourselves that our ways aren't really that bad. That I'm doing okay. And this is a necessary part of healthy Christian life. As hard as it is to stop and take an evaluation of where you're at and what way you're going. And once you recognize that, For good or for bad, it's good to tell the Lord. Why? Because it's one thing to to recognize that in my mind and move on. But when I have to to speak that out to the Lord, it puts me on the same page as him. And that's a good place to be. God, here's what I'm seeing in my life right now. Uh, My ways don't look very good. And God will go, I know. I'm glad you're seeing that too. Now let's work together. Let's make some changes with those ways. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 14. The backslider in his heart shall be filled with his own ways. And a good man shall be satisfied from himself. And this is what we can do. A good man will be satisfied from himself. And we can look at ourselves and like I said, we can convince ourselves I'm doing good. So I'm satisfied. But all that is, is like you sucking life off of your dead self. How does that even work? Ah, good work, me. Uh, well, you know, okay. A good man will be satisfied with himself. Listen, God didn't call you to be a good man. He called you to be a dead man made alive in him. And a backslider in heart shall, shall be filled with his own ways. And this is, you know, a good test too. Uh, am I walking with the Lord? Am I backslidden? Well, am, are you filled with your own ways? You have to get everything that you want. That's probably backsliding. My way or the highway, kid? Really. I'm glad our God doesn't deal with us in the way we deal with our loved ones sometimes. He's far more merciful and loving than I am with those that I love. Right? Proverbs 16 and verse 2 just in case you are still wondering or, or doubting all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes but the lord weigheth the spirits it's easy to put those rose-colored glasses on and look at my life and go it's not that bad it's good but the lord weigheth the spirits and he looks deep into the heart proverbs 21 verse 8 the way of man is froward and strange that's your way that's my way you know you know froward it's kind of a funny old word anyone know what it means We'll shout it perverse crooked good those are good words yeah out of alignment right all of those ideas froward and strange but as for the pure his work is right Here's one that we're all familiar with Proverbs 14:12 There is a way which seemeth right unto man but the end thereof are the ways of death. In Proverbs 16:25 you get the exact same verse repeated. Sometimes God does that cuz he wants you to make sure you catch this. The way which seems right to man Always leads to death. Now, for some, maybe you're you're with us on Zoom. Maybe you're here. This is this will be the most important part of the entire uh, message this morning, and this will be the one way that you need to consider and hear. Maybe what you have never realized is that the way that you were even made, the way that you naturally walk, is a way that will lead you to death. And the one point that matters most to all of us is to make sure that we know which way we're going. My ways, which lead to death, or as I mentioned at the beginning, Jesus' way, which is life. And for some, that may be the only thing that matters, and you need to wrestle with that the rest of the morning. Am I walking my way, or have I submitted myself, given up, and said, I'm going to go God's way? And by the way, getting on his path is only done his way too. It's not just an, like an intellectual idea. Okay, God's in control. No, it's submitting yourself to his will. It's giving up. It's asking for him to save you from sin that you could never be saved from. If that's you online or in person, here in about 15, 20 minutes, you might need to grab someone and ask them to pray for you. If you're online, you can, you can get someone in the chat to help you out. Maybe you know someone who invited you. Maybe you don't know anybody. Uh, who's here. Well, uh, Serene Thomas, are you on there? As Serene? You just send Serene a, a chat. She'll, she'll, help, she'll help you out. All right? So here's, here's David's fix to that. Anyway, let's, let's keep moving on. My ways are a mess. My ways will always be a mess, but it is good for me to stop and take evaluation of that. One thing that we do uh, semi-regularly in our, in our marriage This is hard. I'll go, Rosie, tell me about my ways as a husband. I want you to be honest. How am I failing? How am I falling? Tell me about my way as a father right now. Because it's good, because I need to hear her heart and I need to know how she's seeing things. And then I need to make sure that we're on the same page. Because mostly all the time, I'm a perfect husband. I know once in a while I'm not, but apparently it's more than once in a while. I Men, that's hard conversation, but it's healthy. And all the women are like, Hey, man, you better, I you know, hope, Ooh, I got my list. You bring that to the conversation tonight at bedtime. This would be good. You better start at 6 PM if you want to get in bed on time. And then we flip the script also, and she'll say, husband, how am I doing as a wife? How are my ways? How am I as a wife? How am I as a mom? And we have some ground rules going into that. That's not a time where you get to attack. That's not where you air all the the angers that I've had for months. But in love, we're going to approach that and talk about it. And that's good for our relationship. And the same thing is true in your relationship with the Lord. David's fixed was this. I got to learn your statutes. I've declared my ways and thou heardest me. Of course he did. He hears and he already knew. And then David's, David's cry is this on the back of that. As soon as I examined myself and I realized, oh my, this isn't going well. God, teach me thy statutes. That's the prayer that we add to this first point. My way is a mess. And sometimes I don't even know how to fix it. I know something's wrong. I don't exactly know how to get right. Teach me your statutes, God. Sometimes we even realize that in our conversations as husband and wife, we go, yeah, I see that. And we both see it and we go, but how do we fix it? I don't know. God, you teach us. How do we fix it? Statutes are ordinances. They're things that are declared. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. So teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. That should be our heart coming into this. Ezekiel chapter twenty and verse nineteen: I am the Lord your God. Here's the commandment: Walk ye in my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them. Walk ye in my statutes. That's away and it's not my way all right so i have my way and i need to declare that to the lord I, I need to evaluate myself and i need to make sure i see where i'm at and that it aligns with what god sees verse 27 make me to understand the way of thy precepts so this is the next way that that david brings up here uh, make me to understand the way of thy precepts now listen our prayer should be i i have to understand it the precepts of god should be understood Okay, So it was teach me your statutes. And as I begin to know what they are, now I need to understand them as well. I need to know the precepts that that guide my actions. The, The word itself, what God tells us about his precepts in Isaiah 28 verses 9 through 13 is that uh, the, the, the Bible and doctrine and the things that, are, that we were to understand and apply are built precept upon precept, precept upon precept. And, and so I think a lot of us have heard that verse, right? Uh, you know, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And here's what God is saying. He's saying, I have the, these, these precepts, these, these guiding principles for your life. And you take them and you learn them. And little by little, you continue to learn them. And apply them in your life, and they will unlock bigger truth and bigger pictures for you. That, that's how that passage begins. It says, Whom shall he teach knowledge and to whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Well, we all want to understand doctrine. All right, well, it starts with getting some of those simple precepts. Think of those as like principles, not like the law, like thou shalt not murder. That's a print, that, that's a law, right? Okay. Think of it like No corrupt communication will proceed out of my mouth. That's a precept. Now, God doesn't tell you exactly what words to say in every situation. But if you take that precept and you take that principle and you're like, I'm just going to try that. and every conversation that I have, I'm just going to try to apply this precept, this, this general idea that will guide my conversations. Well, there you go. And you start putting all these pieces together and it will build together, one, a foundation for your life, two, the ability to start unlocking and understanding more of the bible so i have i uh, make me to understand the way of thy precepts so that the truth psalm 119 104 he brings it up again through thy precepts i get understanding therefore i hate every false way he's tying precepts and understanding together again listen to psalm 119 128 therefore i esteem all thy precepts concerning thy concerning all things to be right So David is now tying the precepts of God as being applicable in every situation. Concerning all things, they're right. And I hate every false way. He says, again, interesting side note here, that knowing God's precepts makes clear what we are to hate. We often forget about that side of the God who is love, is that he also hates. And we ought to, too. But knowing his precepts will help us to hate the right things, right? So... A love for God's precepts. Now listen to what he's doing. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. The backside of that verse is that he begins to open his mouth and to share. So a love for God's precepts will naturally flow out of my mouth in all areas of conversation. How do I know if I understand and love his precepts? Well, because they come out. That's the backside of the verse. When his precepts are real... I talk about it. When I walk the way of his precepts, well, others benefit from the things that I say. So if there are any biblical principles that guide my life, every other person in my life should should hear about it and should benefit from it. And here's a a next point, key point for us to to consider in terms of our way and, and in our life. I know that I'm walking in God's precepts when people seek my advice because they're hearing the things that I'm talking about. And they're going, oh, that's good. Oh, man, that works. Not only do they seek my advice, but they realize it just works. Right? And you all know those people in your life. We've all got people that we go, man, if I ever needed a question answered, you're like, I'm going to Chris Miller. And that guy's got the answer for everything, literally everything, like broken physical things or spiritual things. And and what's he going to do? I'm going to go to, you know, he's, he's going to go to the word. And he's going to give you a principle. Chris Best, is, you know, I think is Pastor Best is like that, man. Every Every day we share an office. And when we're together, it's like, doesn't matter what we're talking about. He's just like, blah, 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 verse comes out. He's like, yeah, I would blah, 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 blah. It's like I'm not even asking for advice or we're just talking, but it just flows out all the time. And he's not saying it to be condescending. It's just that's just what's in his heart all the time. You can tell he has like 49 kids because he had to get these principles down and he's just got to let them flow out because he had to do it for, you know, 22 years before they all got out of diapers. Right. Kenny, you need to pick up on this. You're going to be there, brother. we should be the wisest people our coworkers know. We don't necessarily have to have perfect families, perfect lives, as we talked about before. But we should have wisdom. And it should work in their lives. And, and it should work in our lives, too. If I'm smart, I'm always dropping Bible truth, even if I'm not telling people it's from the Bible. In fact, sometimes that's the best way to do it. I'm just talking to people and I just take that precept and I'll give it to them without saying, uh, you know, whatever, Proverbs blah 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 and they go oh man that's good and they'll go and do it and eventually they're going to come back and they're like brother where, where do you get all this good advice I'm like ah good question, let me tell you. This is what i'm frequently doing with my kids you know we have some rules in our House. We also have principles that guide at the, the way we interact with each other. Occasionally we got to remind them of the rule, but more frequently we have to remind them of the principles. Usually they're just yelling at each other. Well, we have some principles to guide that. Usually they're just stingy, right? These are my toys. Well, we have some principles to help us work through that. And I'm just trying over and over and over with my children to give them the principles. Same thing with my students, I'm a teacher. Same thing with my coworkers. All right, so you should be the smartest person that your co- coworkers know and they should come to you and it should work. That's the way of his precepts and it should make us talk. You know, I think one thing that's interesting about this point too is the more I understand his precepts, that the less I understand uh, his works to some degree. Like the marvelous, incredible nature of his works I try to understand it. I can't understand it. I just know it works. (laughs) So uh, I think there's that side of it too. Uh, I just become more and more in awe with the Lord. The more I get his principles and see them work. Verse 28, my soul melteth for heaviness. He's back into, you know, back down again. Uh, Strengthen me according unto thy word. Verse 29, remove from me the way of lying. This is the next way that we find is the way of lying. Remove from me the way of lying. And grant me thy law graciously. And let's read verse 32, because they go together. I have chosen the way of truth. So we have two different ways right there, the way of lying and the way of truth. Obviously, we know that those are opposite. They contrast one another. Uh, And as we talk about this, the way of lying, uh, what he says first is it should be removed. Remove me from the way of lying. Now, again, this is uh, a wise thing that he's done. He recognizes where he's at. He's like, "Mm, I'm inclined to lie, to fabricate things. We'll make it nice, like to stretch the truth, to embellish. That's what we want to do, right? We don't lie; we just embellish. Okay. Uh, and, and David realized and this is good too, that there are things about us that I, it, you know, I can, I can work at it in the power of my flesh, but it'll never work. In fact, this is our key point. I'll I'll just give it to you for this for for thinking about lying, leaving. The path of the flesh in the power of the flesh will never work long-term. And this is what we try to do. Uh, well, okay, I won't lie. So I, in my own uh, willpower, in my own attempt at morality, I decide I'm going to quit lying. Well, David, David went a step beyond that. He said, God, you remove this from me. Take it out of me or take me away from it. Because you have the ability to, to become better as a person. In your own willpower. But that's never what God intended. He intended to work himself out of us so that it becomes manifest. And we're not actually doing it in the power of our flesh. And so this is the prayer. Remove me from that. So notice also that David here is contrasting uh, the way of lying with God's law. Right. Remove from me the way of lying, And instead of that, grant me thy law graciously. And I I want to make this point, too, and it'll tie in with truth. When we talk about the way of truth, what Jesus says is uh, that his word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. So in terms of what is the way of truth? Well, it's the way of, of the word of God. So what is the way of lying? Well, it's the way that is contrary to the word of God. And I want to put this real quickly, just in the context of doctrine. And in the context of teaching, uh, it is for for many of us, for all of us at at some level, for all of us, it is dangerous to listen to lies. Meaning bad doctrine will eventually infiltrate if you continue to listen to it. And you should, if you're young in your faith, if you're new, if you're not grounded well in, in truth, I would say you should completely just get rid of the false doctrine and not hear it. Don't let that influence your, your young spiritual mind. And as you become, you know, more and more uh, mature, you, you realize we have to maybe study it a little bit to, you know, to teach on it, to counter it. Um, But listen, I don't want to spend my whole day diving into false doctrine because it's subtle. Because it's sneaky. Because the one who invented it is. And from the very beginning, he was able to slip the false doctrine in to Eve's heart and into her ears. And this is what, it, what happens. The more you listen to it, the more likely you are to go, oh yeah, I, I see that. I get that. That makes sense. And to be led astray. So in terms of the way of lying, avoid it. Oh, but you know my favorite podcast. Oh, my favorite preacher. Oh, the things he posts on on Twitter. His tweets are so good. But they're rooted in lies. They're rooted in bad doctrine. Well, I'm you know it just makes me feel good. It might, but it's it's stealing your heart underneath. And usually that's the way it's fed to us now is it's Facebook it's instagram it's Twitter and we get just these little blurbs you know? just say oh and you're like oh that's a good statement and you don't realize the subtlety that was put in there. protect your heart. protect your mind from the way of lies and on the backside of that, then, is the way of truth, which would be, of course, the way of God's word. And what he says here is this. um, Remove from me the way of lying. Verse 30, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Listen, uh, the key point number, where are we at? Number four, in terms of the way of truth, the key point that goes with that is this. Continuing in truth will require judgment. The only way that you can keep moving forward in, in truth is that it will require you to make some decisions, to discern between right and wrong, to judge some things. Some of you might already have been fed the lie, like, no man can judge me. We shouldn't judge. We should be kind. No, you should judge. That is a truth that comes from God's word. And when you have the truth of God, you are able to discern. And this is a a mark of maturity, is that as you grow in the Lord and you mature, you are able to make more and more right judgments. And weed out more and more of the false, the error, the lie that is coming into your life. But following truth will always require judgment, discretion, discernment. Well, what really is discernment? I would say it's simply allowing God to decide. And then following that. At the core, I don't have to make the decision as to what is right and wrong. I just have to know what God says only decision I really need to make is, am I going to follow it or not? So judgment is required if we are going to keep ourselves in truth. Because in the last days, many will wander away. It will become easier and easier to hear an intriguing thing. And with everything that comes in, you must be discerning it. Our, our pastor growing up, Jeff Adams, he used to say about any book that you read ever in life, no matter who wrote it, take his book, take John Piper's book, take Einstein's book, whatever it is, uh, especially though in terms of spiritual content. He says, it's always like eating a whole fish. Have you ever eaten a whole fish? Not like the salmon filet, but you just catch a fish and then you cook it and eat it. Some fish are full of bone. I mean, all fish are, have bones but some have a lot of bones right and when you're eating fish you eat it carefully and you're always pulling bones out and half the time you're pulling bones out of your mouth you get cartilage stuck in the roof of your mouth. Ah, you gotta rip that stuff out he said listen this is this is how you have to discern everything that you hear coming in consider it to be like eating a fish you eat the meat you spit out the bones and as you as you mature what you find is in this day and age there's more and more bones out there spit those things out all right, real quick, we got to get to the next way. I have chosen the way of truth, so thy judgments have I laid before me. Verse 31, I have stuck unto thy testimonies, the Lord put me not to shame. In the very last verse, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. So the last way is the way of his commandments. This is a this is way that should be run. We should go hard after it. When you hear the commandments of the Lord, we ought to go with everything we have. Running hard to seek after his commandments. And this, is, and this is the last key point. When you get God's heart, you will get God's heart for obedience. God's heart is always a heart for obedience. So if you struggle with obedience, well, ask God for his heart because his heart is towards obedience. Obedience should become easier and easier. That's one of the things I tell my kids all the time. When, when we ask things of them, we don't ask hard things of them. It's like when you take your jacket off, hang it on the hook. Don't throw it on the floor. And then they throw it on the floor. And then they do that with their pants for three days. And I walk in the room and it's a disaster. And then we have to get some discipline and some correction. We got to talk through these things. And I'll, I'll always say to them, obedience is easy, isn't it? Like I'm not asking hard stuff of you. It's just the heart that isn't there. When our hearts are in line with his commandments, we run the way of obedience. It becomes something that we desire. It's natural to us. So what the psalmist resolved here in these last three verses, and we'll just close down with this. In verse 30, he says, I have chosen the way of thy truth. In verse 31, he says, I have stuck unto thy commandments. In verse 32, I will run. Though I'm stuck under thy testimony. Sorry, I will run the way of thy commandments. His, in verse 30, you see his decision to live for God. In verse 31, you see his determination to live for God. And in verse 32, you see his desire to live for God. And this is where God wants us to get beyond the determination, beyond doing it in my will, and for it to actually be the desire of our heart to live for him. Or if you to make it simple, it's choose, stick, run that's what he says in the last three verses write that down there's a good takeaway just do that in your life choose stick run make the right choice stick to it and then run after it what he tells us also is there's something that i that he's done i have chosen the way of truth good good choice done in the past it's something i'm doing i have stuck unto thy testimonies It's ongoing and then it's a future i, I will do i will continue to run you take those last three verses and he just lays out for you exactly how you get there. Five ways, where are you? Five ways for us to evaluate our walk with the Lord. Then a simple way to, to, to package it and take it away. There's some things that we all have to choose. I hope God is showing you what they are. Pray to him and ask him because he will. He loves to show it. He loves to reveal it. And then stick to it. The hard thing, uh, uh, you know, with anything is, is those first few times. Like, God, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to do it until it becomes the desire of your heart. And then I'm just running free like a kid. I'm just running in your ways. So let's bow our heads. Let's, let's close with prayer. We'll have about another seven or eight minutes before we head out of here. It's a good time. To do what, what we just started with, to look at your ways and tell them to the Lord. God, this is the way that I'm going. It's not good. Help me out of it. God, I need the way of your precepts. God, I need to avoid the way of lying. God, I, I've, I've got to get more into the way of truth. Maybe you're good at avoiding lying, but you just don't ever get into the word of God. Well, you got to have the way of truth. Maybe you're not good at, at discerning. Maybe, maybe you realize that's one of the ways where you're weak. God, help me to discern, to make right decisions. Maybe you don't know his precepts. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Well, they should. Heavenly Father, God, show us our ways, and more importantly, show us your ways. And knit our hearts to it so that we can, we can run when we read it, when we see it, when we know it. In Jesus' name, amen.